Hey there, I'm Eric Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. Join us on our journey to building a $100 million company. We've really focused a lot on social media for personal branding, and then also uh, LinkedIn in particular. So like I said before, I want to talk about personal branding. Kind of brief, I'll, I'll go through this probably quicker than I normally would. I don't want to like, tie everybody up just to like fill the time. And then we'll go into LinkedIn, and then we'll go into like your individual profiles, if you like, all right? So Zach, in the book Anomaly, his whole concept is standing out from the crowd. So if you look at a picture of, say, like the Chamber of Commerce, which is what this picture is from, no one really stands out, do they? They all kind of blend in. I mean, they're wearing like the exact same thing. I know it's kind of hard to see with the lighting. And can we kill the lights? Can you see if we can turn the lights down, Ryan? <laughs> it's a little bit off, but you can certainly tell like white shirts, navy blue blazer, and uh, no one stands out, right? And so you want to stand out. If the projector was better, you'd see this guy's wearing a red sweatshirt and he's standing out from the crowd, right? And so the whole goal is stand out and be seen. And when I say to people stand out and be seen, they usually think like super obnoxious, right? So like this is a wrestler. Does anyone know who this is? Yeah. Yeah, Macho Man, Randy Savage. So, so it, obviously super flamboyant. He's standing out from the crowd, and, but his crowd is already super flamboyant, all wrestlers. So you kind of not, you know, we don't want to do this. This is not in good taste. This is, again, my buddy Zach, who wrote the book that we're giving away. He does it to some extent, right? He's got a little bit of a flair to him, but he's toned it down, and you could tone it down even more. So here's an influencer, someone who's verified on Twitter, and like really toned down. You can see like a lot of followers. We have 55,000 followers. So you don't need to be over the top in order to get some attention. But you, what you do need to do is think about your persona and how you want to be perceived. This is a screenshot from our website of my bio page. And like this previous one, pretty toned down, right? So I don't want to be the guy that's got like, you know, the crazy sunglasses and all that stuff, but I do want to have some sort of a persona and I want to like kind of tell people what I'm all about. So for us, personal branding is really just kind of getting the message out in the way that you want the message to be related about who you think you are. These are the things I want to cover. Again, at, at the end, I want to deep dive into your uh, LinkedIn profiles. So the personal brand really, just think about it kind of like your promise to the world about who you are. It's very similar to a brand for a company or like a, a normal brand for something like Coca-Cola or Exxon or any other brand that's out there. It represents something. When you hear about these brands, you hear these brand names, you have an image of what it is. So you want that to be conveyed about you as well. When someone hears your name or they, they see your picture, they're thinking about certain things or thinking about certain attributes. And we all come with like a lot of different attributes ourselves but you probably want to cultivate which ones you want to highlight for the rest of the world. You know, here's Taylor Swift, obviously. She has quite the reputation. She actually is quite a, the businesswoman as well. She will turn down deals if it does not fit in with her brand. So it, you got to think about it kind of like as your reputation is scale. Right? So everyone's heard the term, your reputation precedes you. And that's typically to a very small group of people, your first degree, maybe your second degree connections. But what we're really talking about with personal branding is beyond that, way beyond that. People that you would never get in front of or aren't potential second degree connections, pass that. That's your personal brand.
And whether we like it or not, we're already branding ourselves and especially on social media. And so if you're on social media, I guarantee everyone here is, you've already established a personal brand, but maybe you haven't done anything to actually cultivate it, right? So we're out there, we're a brand already, whether you like it or not, you just need to put some effort into identifying what it is you wanna talk about. A couple benefits of a personal brand, it makes you really appear bigger than maybe you are. So I'm certainly not suggesting that you take it to the extreme where anyone would say like, this is not truthful. You don't wanna be perceived as someone who's not truthful, but you wanna really kinda of like take it to the next level, right? So if you're an international digital marketer, as an example, right? You could say that, right? Now maybe the reality is that you have one client in two different countries. Hey, but legitimately you're an international digital marketer. Or if you've spoken somewhere that's not your home country, you could say you're an international speaker, right? And so take advantage of that. It's truthful, but it's also a little bit of a stretch because maybe that's where you wanna go. You wanna identify where you wanna go and you wanna be perceived as an expert. The whole goal here is figure out what it is you wanna be an expert in and then talk to those things constantly. You're always talking about those things. And what it does is it gives you options, right? So instead of you hoping that people take away from your messaging what you want them to take away, instead of hoping for it, you kind of guide them, right? And so now you are the one that's in control of where this whole thing goes. And right? so instead of hoping that they perceive you as the expert you wanna be, you're doing something about it, and it puts you in control so that you can make the decisions you want for your career. And then consider this like, or compare it to, say, if you didn't do any personal branding at all, then how is it that you get your opportunities? Right? It's really, you go to work, you work hard, you hope that your boss, you hope that your clients, you hope that someone notices you and gives you an opportunity. Well, if you're taking the effort to create a personal brand for yourselves, then you're taking that control back. Now, I'm not saying don't engage with the boss and the client and hope for the best, but this is something in addition to that. Okay. All right, so what is it that you want to focus on? So again, this is me. This is what I've decided to focus on. So for my personal brand, when we're talking about me on social media, especially in conjunction with the company, I want to be perceived as two things, a digital marketing expert and an entrepreneur. Those are the two things. So those are the two topics that I cover. I shouldn't be covering anything that's not in those topics. All right, so if I decide that I want to take a picture of the nachos that are coming out or something like that and post that on social media, I expect that my team back home is going to ask me why I did that. And they're going to ask, how is a picture of nachos, Eric, supporting you being an entrepreneur or a digital marketer? Right, so everything that we put out should be focused on that. Those are the two topics. And then there's a tone that I wanna take as well. All right, so these, these are all things that you can decide about how you want to be perceived and how you wanna get your message out. So for me, my tone is, has always been like a no bullshit tone. Like, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm not gonna try to say something in a really nice way because I don't wanna hurt someone's feelings. I mean, I'm not gonna go out of my way to hurt someone's feelings, but I'm not gonna not say what the truth is. So, you know, no bullshit is kind of one of my things. Pioneer, I like to be ahead of the curve. So I don't focus a lot on things like, say, TV advertising. 
because I feel like that's kind of like eventually going away and there's other kinds of advertising that's gonna be taking its place and other kinds of media like podcasts and flash briefings and videos real big right now. And so that's where my focus is on those pioneering kind of technologies and media. Experience over opinion, uh, for me, when I give, when I, when I make a statement or recommendation, I wanna be based on what I've experienced, not what I think may be a good idea. And it's just the way that I think. I, I wanna say, I've tried this, it worked. I tried that, it, it kinda worked. And I tried this third thing and it really worked. So I would go with the third thing versus just say, well, I don't know, maybe try this thing. Right? There's a big difference for me between experience and opinion. And then mentorship, I wanna help, I wanna help younger entrepreneurs come through the ranks. So my opinion is that we're all on a journey from like, you know, when we started doing something career-wise to when we stop and everyone's at a different place along this progression. And I just may be a couple steps ahead of someone else. It's not that I'm any better or any, you know, I just have more experience and I can help someone who's maybe hasn't had as many steps as me jump a few. So instead of waiting five years to accumulate that experience, maybe they, I could teach him a thing or two and it'll take him or her one year. So mentorship is a big thing for me. When you speak, I would recommend being vulnerable and authentic and talk about your failures. Because it's very, very easy to talk about how great you are, but it doesn't stand out right? and it's not authentic. So this is an example of one of the podcast episodes where we talked about how we were, uh, actually with social media, we were contracted to put out, I think it was like three posts per week for a client starting on a certain date. And we assigned an intern to it and we didn't check in. And guess what? Three posts a week didn't go out. Like the first week, nothing went out. And then the second week, like one went out. And the full-time staff didn't pick up on this, but the client was watching us and they were waiting. And then about three weeks later, they're like, hey, what's going on? And guess what? They weren't very happy with us. And we didn't have a good reason, and we ended up losing the client. And so we talk about it here. And so we don't talk about it just from the perspective of we suck, because that doesn't make for a great story. It's more like we screwed up, and this is the lesson learned, and this is how we're going to prevent this from ever happening again. We've had another situation where one of our clients, the contact form was broken. It just stopped working. It worked at first, and then for various reasons, it stopped working. It was going into WordPress, but it, the email wasn't going to him. He wasn't getting the lead. And he lost 25 leads because of us. And we were crushed when we figured it out. And we were like, you know what? This can never happen again. And now, every single client, once a month, we submit the form, and we ask them to reply. And if they don't reply in a week or two, like Ryan, or Jamal are the ones that are literally calling them saying, hey, we submitted the form, did you get it? And since then, I think it was just this past time, two clients, there was an issue, it wasn't necessarily with us, but they didn't get the email. And once we realized that, it was fixed versus them losing a lot of leads. So these are all lessons learned, right? And we're getting better and better and better. And so we're documenting that through our personal brands, our company brands, all the things that we're putting out. So another thing that I want you to think about is boundaries. Some things are off, if you want, some things are off limits. For some people, everything's on, right? Are you, who's familiar with the person on the left? Grant Cardone. All right, so Grant Cardone, very successful in real estate and a lot of other ventures, has his own probably $30 million jet that he's posting online all the time. Yeah, not bad, right? Yeah. 
Uh, he just had, he has a book called uh, something 10x. Yeah, it's like 10x your whatever. Yeah, 10x your way to whatever, yeah. It's something 10x. 10x is a big thing. But he brings his family into it. So this picture on the left, you can see his family's there. He's got little kids, he's got his wife, they're all part of it. So when you go to his social media, you're gonna see the kids running around the plane, right? He brings them in. Guy on the right, who knows who that is? Yeah, Gary Vee, so he's the number one most influential digital marketer in the world right now. And for him, the family's off limits. So you are not gonna see anything about his wife or kids. The only thing that you'll see or hear is him talking about how they're off limits. Now, it doesn't mean there's not pictures out there of them because there's paparazzi or maybe he went to an event with his wife, but they're not part of his show. They're not part of his personal brand. And that's off limits. That's the decision he made and very successful because of it, right? So you can set whatever boundaries you want. And then personality. Again, this is Gary Vee. The reason I had this up here is because Gary Vee, he cusses a lot. And I mean a lot, like nonstop. As a matter of fact, when you first start listening to him, you're like, this guy's an asshole. He's very upfront. He's very uh, in your face, like super no bullshit. And he's cussing, but that's just his style. Well, he decided to spin off a version of himself, which is curse-free. And so everything's bleeped out. And the reason is he doesn't want people to not consume his content if they're offended by all the cursing. He doesn't stop cursing, he just bleeps it out and puts it out on a separate channel. But it's super personality, massive personality. So bring your personality, people wanna see that. And then Billy Jean, is anyone familiar with Billy Jean as marketing? Another big personality guy, he's always doing skits. He's based out of, uh, gosh, I forget already. Yeah, but he, maybe he's Vegas, I don't know. I forget where he's based out of. But he's got a big studio in his office. He's not even that large of an agency. I think he does something like $15 million a year. So not really, really big, like VaynerMedia, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's company. They're like $250 million a year. But he gets a lot of, a lot of eyeballs on him. A lot of people looking at him and big personality, he cusses a lot too, it's kind of a thing. It's not really for me, but some people do that. And then there's another kind of a concept that I, I, I would encourage you to think about, which is the counter narrative. So this slide here is of a ex-Navy SEAL who when he posts on LinkedIn, he gets between 50 and 100,000 views on each post. If he doesn't get 50,000 views, or if he doesn't see a trending towards that, he deletes the post because he considers it unsuccessful. And he only has about five or 6,000 followers. But the way that he writes is the, is the reason that he gets so many views. And a lot of what he puts out is what he calls the counter narrative. As a Navy SEAL, they make movies about SEALs, right? about how brave they are and how tough they are. They can kill people with their pinkies, right? They're not afraid of anything. Well, here's a post where he is diving and he's saying how he's afraid and it's with sharks, it's hard to see again, but there's another post that he put out about how he got beat up in high school. And it's something you would not expect for a Navy SEAL to have ever experienced. That's the counter narrative. Now he takes that counter narrative for himself, for his own personal brand, and there's a lesson learned, and then there's a way that it ties into his nonprofit. But he starts with thinking about who am I, what's my personal brand, and what are some things that I've experienced that don't match up with that personal brand. And that's what he puts out on LinkedIn. All right, so LinkedIn profile. This is where we're gonna start going down into some of the nitty gritty. Whenever you have a question, just ask me, all right? And we'll stop and we'll go through it. So I'm gonna go through like field by field. This is mine, clearly. 
Kevin Daisy is the other co-founder of the company. He follows a very similar pattern. But I wanna highlight different areas. So the first thing, the very first thing is your profile picture. If you don't have a profile picture, you need to have a profile picture, right? People probably won't even accept your connection requests or interact with you if you don't have a profile picture. So make sure that you get a profile picture. Make sure that it's somewhat recent. This is one that Jamal took of me in our office. Uh, actually, we're gonna take another round of photos next week because the photos are important, right? Uh, so get a photo up there and make sure that it's current. The next is this header image. So this header image, a lot of people don't even use this at all. It's just the standard LinkedIn header image. It's a billboard, and if you don't use it, you're missing an opportunity to tell people what you're all about. So you can see here that I've put a lot of information up there. It's got my picture, again, it's got some awards that the company's won, and it also says what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for speaking engagements, and I'm looking to be on podcasts. It's also got my name up there. So it's got a, it's packed full of information, but consider it a billboard. So when someone goes to your profile, what do you want them to see and think about instantly about you? You can put whatever you want up there. It's any kind of picture. It's gotta be formatted the right dimensions, but think about that. What can you put up there? And especially related to your personal brand, the topics you cover, right? Go back to the basics. What are the topics? Who are you on social media? What do you wanna represent? Put that up here. This is called the headline. So you guys know what I'm talking about with the headline? They literally call it the headline in LinkedIn. So they don't call it like your title at work. It's called the headline. You can edit it to be whatever you want. Most people, like 95% of the people on LinkedIn, use the default, which is their formal title at their job and then their company name. And so I've seen up here like systems engineer three at whatever company they work at nondescript, right? You know, I don't know what a systems engineer three is versus the two versus, right? I mean, like, this is an opportunity for you to use a headline, like we do in marketing and advertising. What's the headline? What do you want to be known for? And you can see up here, like, I put my two topics right here, right? So literally, the two things that I want to talk about, I put in my headline. And then I use the brackets around entrepreneur just because on mobile, uh, the third word drops down and I wanted it to look a little bit different, so I thought that was kind of cool to have like, you know, just different symbols in there, it kind of jumps out at you. So put your topics in there. Say who you are, say what you represent. Contact information. So on any profile that you're connected to, you can click on, let me go back up. See over here, it says see contact info on the right. You click on that, and this is what you get. This is mine, but you can see it's packed. Right? I've got my email address up there, I've got my phone number there, I've got everything up there because I wanna be easy to be found, right? I'm interested in getting business off of people looking at my profile because they're interested in my topics, so I don't wanna make it hard for people to contact me. If they wanna email me, there's my email address. If they wanna call, there's my phone number. If they wanna hit me up on Twitter or somewhere else, there's my handle. You wanna be easy to be found. Now the downside is your email address is out there, so you'll get some spam, but what's better? Right? A little bit of spam and opening yourself up for opportunities or vice versa. Come on. Oh, connections. Probably seen this. If you have less than 500 connections, then it'll tell you the actual number. If it's more than 500 connections, then it, it says this. And this is kind of like a barometer for a lot of people. They may not even connect with you unless you have 500. It's just a thing. So 
I would encourage you to, if you don't have 500, try to connect and get up to 500. It's kind of like, it's a status symbol, frankly. But some people put a lot of stock into it. And then you have your abstract. This is the body of your advertisement, right? And this is really an ad when it comes down to it. You're advertising yourself just for free. So what do you want the copy to say? This first paragraph here is something that I use everywhere. Now, on some social media platforms, I can't use that many characters, so maybe abbreviated, but this is like the two or three sentences that describe me right now, what I want people to know about me. The podcast called Journey to 100 Million, Marketers Anonymous, I'm a digital marketer, I'm an entrepreneur. And then I literally say, if you wanna work with us, here's how you can work with us, right? So I'm being very obvious. So be obvious about what you want. You can upload PDFs, you can upload videos, you can upload a lot of documents into your profile and they show up here. Very cool. So if you have like anything that highlights you talking, being in front of people, doing whatever it is that you normally do, an award, just something like that, put it up there. Why not? Articles. Are you all familiar with articles versus posts? Yeah. So articles can, is long format. You need to have at least one article. And it doesn't even really matter if it's that old, but these articles are, well, they serve several purposes. The first is that people look at these articles as validation. So they'll see if you've written an article. If you haven't, well, there's just not as much content there. If you have, they're gonna look at the title and see, they're gonna judge you based on the title. What is it that this person actually represents as an example by the article she wrote? Right? People put a lot of stock into these articles, just like if you were to see an article come out in the New York Times, you know what that person is writing about, what they represent. So you need to have at least one article. The more the better, but at least one. It's kind of like that 500 plus connections. Oh, also the second thing that it serves for is in LinkedIn SEO. So there's articles, and this, this is debatable because I don't think LinkedIn has made a statement about this, but it's believed that the words that are used in your article are indexed so that when someone searches for anything in LinkedIn, they will potentially find you because of the article that you wrote and it's got those words in there. Very similar to like Google indexing. Right? Uh, this is your experience. Most people put every single job they've ever had in their entire life here. Yeah, that's a no-no. You do not want to do that. You want to cull your experience down to what's relevant. So here, this is mine and it only goes back three jobs. I probably had 10 jobs, but these are the only three that have any relevance at all to me today. The ones before this had nothing to do, different industry, it, you know, it's a, it was a different Eric, right? So there's no point in them being there besides maybe the people that I worked with could, I don't know, remember that I worked there, but I don't care. That's not what I'm after at this point. So I would definitely recommend going through your history of jobs and deleting the job experiences that you have that are irrelevant now. Right? So if you're in marketing, advertising, and you used to be a waiter or waitress or worked in construction or whatever you used to do, get, get rid of it. Right? LinkedIn is not the place for that. Recommendations. Very important. It's social proof that you can do a good job. 
And it takes a lot for someone to give you a recommendation. They have to really believe in you. So in LinkedIn, you can request a recommendation. Have you, has anyone not seen that feature? It's a great feature. No? Okay, so go down to the recommendation section and, oh, actually it's right there, top right. Ask for a recommendation. So it's built into LinkedIn. So, it, and it's not, it won't just fire off an email. There's a whole like back and forth process. So you can ask for a recommendation. You say who you want it from. It sends that person a LinkedIn message and I think an email as well. If they decide to write a recommendation, they'll click on the link, they go into LinkedIn, they write the recommendation, they click submit, you get a notification, the person asking for the recommendation gets a notification, you get to review it and approve it, and once it's approved, it goes up on your profile. It's a really cool system. So I would definitely recommend asking for a recommendation, especially from say like a previous boss or colleague or a previous client or something like that, someone that you know is gonna give you a good recommendation. Why not? Get it up there, right? Absolutely. All right. Last section, then we'll deep dive into your profiles, is what to post. So here's a couple of examples of things that I've posted, and which is kind of like in the theme. So this first one is a Marketers Anonymous meetup back in Virginia, and uh, we posted the actual graphic that we created for the meetup, and then we called out the person, she happens to be the president of the American Marketing Association, and back, back home. You know, we, we got more engagement actually than the screenshot shows here. We took it at a certain point and there's been more engagement since then. But if you're involved in some sort of meetup like AMA, right? Like promote your AMA, right? Or if you're in, if you're going to, um, did you, I thought one of you said you're in, involved in some sort of. That's right, yeah. So if you're on the board, definitely promote that. Uh, if you're just, even if you're just attending the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, like consider you can even do video on LinkedIn or anywhere really, right? On any social media platform. Hey, I'm gonna be going to this event. If you're thinking of going, reach out. Uh, I'd love to see you there. And all of a sudden, you've got something to talk about. It's relevant to who you are. It's, uh, it's on topic, it's on brand. And then, well, the people that are gonna go are gonna you know, probably reach out to you. And the people that aren't going to go, now they know that you're involved in the community, right? So even if it doesn't work as far as like connecting with someone, people see it and they see what you're into. Slightly different variation of the Marketers Anonymous concept, which is this was another speaker, Judy Fox. Uh, she got, I think it was 550,000 views on one of her posts on LinkedIn somewhat recently. Yeah, it was like, wow, that's amazing. She's got a formula. She knows what she's doing. So we put this out under my profile and we connected to her, you know, we called her out and she commented on it. She's got a lot of followers, it kind of helped me out. So that was a good way for us to announce something's coming up, announce that we kind of have a collaboration with her, right? And it, it helped everybody out. What's her name? Judy Fox. I think it's J-U-D-I, I believe. Yeah. F-O-X, yeah. And so she kind of stumbled on this as far as like, if you will, the fame of kind of being like a micro-influencer on LinkedIn. And then when we met her, it was about how can I turn this into some mini fortune, right? Like I'm getting a lot of like views, what can I do with this? And that's where she was at probably about four months ago when I met her. Podcast, so this is our podcast, it's called Journey to $100 Million. And 
I, I wanted a podcast. I knew podcasts were big. I knew flash briefings were big, but I didn't know what to talk about. Right? And at first I was going to give like tips and tricks on marketing. That's a common format. Another common format is interview style. When I can have each of you on as a guest and I can interview, but those are usually like an hour long and it takes a long time to line people up. And it may not even be that interesting of a conversation. Uh, another format is news. Right, breaking news. Uh, today, Airbnb is doing this new campaign. Right? I didn't like that format because it's very, uh, very timely. Like you have to record every single day. And so I took uh, a suggestion from Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, where he says, don't create document. Just document what you're doing. Right? So don't try to think about what you're gonna do. Just doc document the fact that you know, you're giving a talk and now you have all this content. So I'm gonna be talking here for 30 or 40 minutes and we've got enough content to last us weeks once we chop it up and put it out all over the place. This is the same thing, lessons learned, right? So uh, it could be lessons learned from anything that we do in our business. Just name the obstacle and we, we have them every single day. I talked about the two kind of failures that we had recently in our business. We talk about those here and then we also talk about the successes. But it, it's all about how we're growing the business and what we're learning from a marketing standpoint and from a business standpoint. And then another thing that I posted about is, oh, I attended a uh, economic forecast meeting. Like they have them all the time. Banks have them, Chamber of Commerce has them. To kind of tell you like what's happened, like what they think is gonna happen for the next couple of years in the economy. And as a business owner, it's really interesting to me. As if you don't have your own business, if you're in marketing, especially in advertising, super relevant. If the market takes a nosedive like it did in 2008 and nine, you could be looking for a job, right? Because companies tend to cut their marketing and advertising. So I wanna see this coming. And that's what this post is about. All the things that I learned from the bank that invited me to their little private session and uh, thanking the bank. I, I think I called them out at PNC. So it's just in useful information for anybody and, uh, and it, it served a lot of different purposes. One, it was a learning event for me. Two, I get to thank PNC, the bank, for inviting me. Three, it relays to whoever sees this post that I'm thinking kind of like bigger term and it just, it, it adds to the brand, to the personal brand. And then this one, this is a post about how we as a company realized that we had to make a change and that realization occurred in December of 2017 when I was reviewing the finances and I was seeing how money was coming in and going out in different parts of our business, like uh, websites versus social versus custom software applications. And what we decided based on that analysis was we're gonna drop the most profitable part, which is custom software, and we're gonna focus on this other part, which brought in the least amount of revenue at the time, which was digital marketing, but it had a lot of positives to it. It was in a growth phase, it was profitable. We just had to take the small amount of dollars and make them bigger dollars, right? And so that's what this whole post is about, is finding that little gem in this sea of data, which is why I picked that picture. Oh, another concept with the images, the Navy SEAL pointed this out in his talk, is the images, you probably wanna have an image where you look at the image and you're like, I don't know what that means. Like, I'm not sure what that means until you read the passage and then it kind of makes sense. And especially if you kind of explain, as I probably did in this post, about how there was a haystack of information. I found the needle. I found the little gem, right? 
something jumped out at me. And that's why I picked this picture. You look at the picture, you're like, I don't know what the hell Eric's talking about with lemons or whatever. And then all of a sudden, once you understand the story, ah, there was this thing. Right. So think about that, the images that you use as well. And again, this is advertising. This is advertising at like traditional print advertising, in my opinion, is what this is. You've got a headline, you've got an image. The image conveys way more information than anything else here. But then you've got the headline, and then probably 10% of the people get to the body, right? get to the copy, and they read that. But the people that do are interested, so it better be really good. Cool, so that's it. Are you a business owner looking to reach more customers and grow? Array Digital is a world-class digital marketing agency that partners with companies just like yours. We've worked with top brands throughout the country and love helping businesses generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Reach out to find out more about our award-winning website design, SEO, advertising, and social media. You can find us online at thisisarray.com or call us at 757-333-3021.